band formed as a three-piece when they were recruited to compose the fa- soundtrack to a silent adult film. Very Parisian of them. What's the point of an adult film if there's no noise? That's my favorite part. Um, well, you know, if you get sexy music in the background. I, I Now that I know this, I need to find this film and watch it. It's got to happen. This is High Decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. Hey, you people. You're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love at New York City venues and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. And I'm James. And what you're listening to is Alone Digger by Caravan Palace, who Marlia and I saw at Terminal 5 on October 4th. And who we'll be talking about today. But before that... Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod. And check us out on Spotify, Apple Pod, and SoundCloud. And uh, be sure to drop a like and a rate, subscribe, give us a little bit of feedback. We'd love to chat. We have a lot of great uh, video highlights, uh, pictures, and that kind of thing um, on our Instagram for just about every show that we uh cover and then sometimes even more than that if we weren't able to cover a show so a lot of the things that we talk about you know if we mention like a visual sometimes you just got to go to the instagram to yeah to check it out really get the full yeah you really have to see it to believe it um okay cool so uh how are you doing uh brutal right now (laughs) okay you know what i've I have reiterated that this is not a sports podcast, but it's just a beast that cannot be tamed. Yes. So we're just going to allow. You have to allow me. The reason I feel brutal is like because I got seconds, absolutely go. hammered last night. It's been a, it's been a wonderful run for New York sports right now. Uh, the Yankees are in the playoffs in our year soon to be 2019 World Series champs. The Rangers have won two in a row, thank God. And the Giants actually kind of don't suck for a little bit right now, which is very, very exciting. So thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Uh, go Yankees. Yeah, honestly, if we didn't let him do that, I was gonna just bring it up. I probably still will. The, the, feel, the, the feelings will just royal. It's like trying to push a like an inflatable tool pool, a pool toy uh, underwater. It just pops. It's back gonna up. pop right back up. Right. So just let it be. Much like the Yankees are popping dingers into the into the stands. Go Yankees. <clears throat> anyway, so we're a concert <laughs> podcast. Uh, so we're going to talk about what you don't see because you don't have the Twitter is I actually tweet about sports all the time. So we're also secretly a sports. Podcast. Oh, I, I see it. <laughs> I, do, I can't do anything about it. I will not be stopped. I, you gave me I power. Follow. That was your mistake. You I'm, gave me power. over Twitter. I'm one of what? Ten. Followers yeah. Ten on followers. Twitter True. Or something like Valid. that. No, I, I see it. But, you know, and the other nine are literally just other things that follow anything that hashtags music. So. Right. Well, you know, whatever it takes to get of their feet in the door for sure um okay so uh we were uh at this show uh at terminal five we were actually with a friend of ours drake who we have mentioned before several times future guests you know eventually um but um yeah we talk about him so i don't know if he ever uh listens but um you know 
whatever. That's on him. Yeah, we don't talk <laughs> shit, so. Yeah. Well, you know, we could talk a little bit of shit. I'll talk a little bit of shit. We should talk you. a little bit of shit just to be like, hey, we talk some shit. Because if anything will get someone to listen is like telling yeah, me tell you talk, you talk some shit, shit about, about them. them. Yeah, for sure. And then like do talk shit about them. Like, hey, you talk shit about me. I don't like that. And be like, well, if you don't want me to talk shit about you. Maybe you should come on the podcast. You should come and like defend, be there to defend yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, we'll publicly shame Drake to come on this pod. <clears throat> is what yeah, we're, getting we're at. if if I mean, listen, I can't think of anything right now, but I'm sure something will come up uh, in the course of this. Con- Drake, you're too nice of a guy. In the course of this discussion, oh no, no, I think I already have something on the docket. <laughs> uh, it's coming. Uh, okay, so we're gonna get into uh, Terminal Five. Uh, yeah, I'm actually surprised go. we've yet to talk about this, but. I guess I guess we just really haven't been to a show there in a in a good amount of time, but yeah, uh, Terminal Five is one of the bigger venues in New York City. It's in Manhattan. Um, would you say Hell's Kitchen, Chelsea? Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen, definitely. Um, north by what is Fifty Sixth Street, all the way towards the water, Fifty Sixth and Eleventh. Um, it's a little kind of to the side. You just look for where the line is, and you'll you'll know where it, how to get in. The first time I ever went there, I was actually kind of confused as to where the entrance is, but it's down. It's past Eleventh Ave. Um, no, it's past 10th Ave. 10th Ave, I'm sorry, towards 11th Ave is what I wanted to say. Um, and it's kind of like, it's a, like a big kind of warehouse setup almost. I uh, think um, Brooklyn Steel is the same thing. Brooklyn Steel is a lot younger, but it, it's basically the same exact thing, just with an industrial design. Before so, we go inside the venue, if I could address some things outside the shoot. venue. Uh, parking is probably good. Uh, train the A, which is the closest train, is not a close train. No. You're taking a walk. Yeah know that especially yeah if, if you're coming sucks. from like where we come from um i grab whichever one comes first either the d or the n and then just take it to midtown basically and walk the 15 minutes it's not that big a deal luckily it was a really nice night out so i'm wondering if that train which i've never taken uh there's that train called the seven i believe it's a purple train that oh yeah <laughs> i'm being facetious i uh, used to live off of the seven uh thank god that no goes more. to it <clears throat> anyway, I think they extended the seven into like Hudson Yards. Oh, you see, you think but I don't know where the, that's like in the forties. Yeah. though. maybe that's not very. That's helpful. still a hike. You listen, it's just not near the train, and you're just gonna have to deal with that. But that being said, before we actually step inside the venue, uh, for what it's worth, their check-in process was pretty smooth. They yeah. barely looked at my bag. Yeah, they don't it give a shit. It was so fast. Like, I mean, if you get there early because you want to be front row, I mean, for what it's worth, we were there like 15 minutes after doors open, and I still managed to get into the second row. Right. But if you want to be first row, if that's a thing for you. Which I don't judge. Some people are short and they want good video, and you right. don't want to shoot over a six foot two head. For sure. And those six foot two guys are always in the front. That's where they like to be, and they move around a lot. And I get it. So anyway, getting there early, maybe there's a little bit more of a line, but I gotta say that they were very uh, expedient, shall we say? Anyway, yeah, so. it always looks the line always looks a lot worse <laughs> than it really ends up being if you yeah. go to a terminal. This five is show. This, let's I, put it that honestly. Way. I, I, this is just an aside, but I, I feel like. The exception of some venues that are very unorganized. I feel like the check-in process for concerts has just become easier in the past few years for mm. some reason. Like, everything's moving faster. It's really streamlined. It, I don't know if it's because of the phones or people just be... Because, I mean, I remember, like, very uh, aggressive, like, pat-downs and searches and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, it really hasn't been that for I a don't long know, time. If, Terminal 5 in particular... You know, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything, and then they suddenly tighten up. But yeah, they really don't. It's not a big deal. So I don't know if if in. social justice is uh, to thank for that, but if they are, thank you, thank you, SJW. 
puppies. For, what, for easier for check-ins? Me, for easier <laughs> check-ins, right? And pat downs. No, because you could like really be like, that's aggressive. You're touching me where you shouldn't be touching me. And you're going oh, through shit. Enough. This isn't fair. Whatever. In any case, it just... It, at the end of the day, if I was an employee at a venue, I would also just want to get these people to fuck in so right. I could go the fuck home. Right. Like, I don't want to, you know... So I just I just noticed that I was like, wow, check in used to be some so much more of a big fucking deal. And it's um, it seems like I, I, I'm giving these venues so much credit, like, wow, they're so organized. I'm like, oh, wait, most of them are now. The only one yeah. that's like really aggressive with uh, bags, particularly we found would be like Brooklyn Mirage. Yeah. And that's only if you get there really early. Right. But so that's anyway, a discussion for another. Time. So. Uh, so, you know, whatever. So you're there, you're inside and uh, uh I don't have much to say, but you seem to have more to say about Insight. All I can say is it's well run. The drink process smooth. $12 bullet rye, whatever. I can live with that. Bathroom's clean. Uh, and anyway, what you yeah, can talk, talk, talk about the layout of the space. It, it's Terminal 5. Um, it's not, you know, it's really not anything that's going to blow anybody's mind. It's your one big dance floor. There's a second floor that you can go up. Uh, it's a bit of tough to stand on the edges. So if you're the kind of person that likes to have that view, you're going to fight a little bit for it. Um, several bars, so that's always nice. There's upper level. Too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a top level sort of smoking area for anybody that smokes. I mean, um, you can watch the show from up there too. The not the top top level. I mean, like there's a balcony. I guess what I yes. just want to point that oh, out okay. that, people, point, that yeah. you could watch the show from you know a bird's eye view if you wanted. Right. Um, the only thing that is actually really annoying about Terminal Five, outside of the fact that it's kind of out of the way, and we didn't have to deal with it this time because it's still fall and nice out. Uh, the coat check is on the second floor, and it's like super annoying to have to rush up there to get your coat and then go back down and all that. So that's that's something to keep in mind. Uh, the coat check process is not the smoothest, although they've improved it because they've they started using cell phones instead of just tags and everything. Okay. Um. So, uh, anything more to say about this venue? Just no, very industrial. Uh, yeah, it's uh, like Terminal 5 is fine. It's a good venue, but there's, like I said before, there's like nothing that's going to blow your mind about it. It's just I can't a, really it's just comment. A solid venue. I, I can't really comment on the sound because I had earplugs in and I just never felt the uh, desire to take them out. Um, I did a bit. But I can tell you in the past that like the sound for me at Terminal 5 was kind of hit or miss. And mm. I feel like once again, we had this issue where I really could have used a little bit more on the vocals mm. for uh, the lead singer. So, you know, I couldn't couldn't hear as well as I wanted to. Thankfully, they used some backing tracks to boost it a bit, some backing vocals. But yeah, the sound is, it's not bad, but I've had better. Yeah, it could be hit or miss there. That's that is something that they should work on. We'll get into it more during the show. Right. But I have to say, I'm going to throw out now, um, their lighting has gotten a lot better. And oh, I don't has know it? if this was something to do with maybe this is somebody that the band brings, but the timing for this time with the lighting that they had was okay. like a ton of fun. So we could say overall, yeah, the like the light. Actually, I I was you know for a venue of that size. Uh, I think the lighting was was pretty good. I think they got a little bit aggressive sometimes with the strobes and such. I'm just not really a big fan of that. That kind of just tweaks me out. Um, and I think it's kind of unnecessary and distracting. But again, that's not maybe so much the venue as it is like whoever is running the board. Yeah, I think that's got to do with like the type of show that the band wants to do. Right. And I and again, I don't know if they bring their own light guy or something or if Terminal 5 just has a really good light guy. But 
I don't know if you notice it too, but they would do stuff timing wise with the lights. Yes, that I go did along notice that. And whoever was doing the lights did have some musical. Yeah, was know-how. really good at that. And I haven't seen a lot of shows do like a lot of shows do lights that time that go um, in time with the music, especially if there is a light show like a laser show or something involved with it. But there was no lasers or anything with this. It was just quality like timing on their lighting. That kind of I don't I don't know if I'm describing that properly. No, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, merch table was in a good spot though, right? Albeit the lines were very long. Yeah, that, that was in a normal spot, unlike the coat the coat check. Yes, yeah, the merch table. You're gonna walk right past it as you come in. Okay, so uh, that pretty much gives you uh the rundown there uh in terms of the venue itself. Uh, in terms of this crowd, uh, my first impressions were uh young polite uh not particularly diverse um you know let's just like i I, I hate feeling like oh i have to tiptoe around this no i just didn't see a lot of uh black people (laughs) or people or let's i saw a few asians but this is like a very like white crowd uh it's not a problem. It's just an observation. This is what it was. This is what what we saw, and we saw mostly young people. Although I saw like a smattering of silver foxes. Yeah, it was always kind of neat. A few like a older handful. people, yeah, which that, I thought was interesting. Yeah. I was like, I understand that this band. I mean, certainly not the opener, which we'll talk about. That was a completely different thing. But this band has uh some roots in jazz and swing but it's so it's not as overt as in other uh, bands like it so but i was like listen i'm really glad they were there Mm. i'm really glad to see older i didn't see any kids actually um Uh, i think term five is 18 and up oh okay uh I'm, I'm really glad to see older people, but there was a part of me that was like, because it wasn't just like one set of older people where yeah, they're the like clearly couple. someone's parents. Yeah. Like it was like there were a few that were just there to enjoy themselves For on sure. a date or something. And I was like, huh, but good. I, I like to see like the reason I always talk about the crowd is because, um, you know, it affects my experience For in sure. terms of their energy and their manners and I also, I guess I just feel like the more diverse a crowd is in, in terms of just different types of people, it makes me feel good about the band in a way that to know that it can touch people that have such very different life experiences. I sure. like, I like that. Um, but listen, that's, that's not common. Like that's, you know, Tame Impala territory. Like, not every. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Not, not every group that. can and it be like that. Especially not an electro swing bland, band from Paris. You know what I mean? Right. Which right. we'll get into right. the description of them more, but so, it's a very specific jo- so, subject. Yeah, I like this crowd. There was one guy who I'll talk about in a bit that was driving me up the wall next. That's a, that dude at the very end. Well, it started more like. Oh, okay. Never mind. I know. You're oh, yeah. No, the dude at the end too. We'll yeah. we'll get into him, but uh, there there were a couple of instances where it's just like, ugh. Yeah, you could have ruined a dude's night. We'll get into that. But I could have ruined a dude's <laughs> night. I really could have. Um, but I uh, I decided to be a better person. Um, yeah. So I mean, overall, I, I found this crowd to be polite, if a little bit, just a little bit low energy, especially in the opener. Um. Uh, I could have used a little bit more, but you know what it was? It was like, I was like, the low energy didn't seem to come from disinterest as much as they seem like a, like a thoughtful crowd. Like they're just like, 
an observant cr- i don't know yeah. i felt like i was in a room with like a bunch of intellectuals or something yeah it, w- it did feel kind of off because it, it felt like a lot of people weren't there to dance which they is were there to just watch a, sh- a con- dance band. watch a concert yeah, yeah there was a lot less dancing now our friend drake was like he is killing it yeah the, the dancer yeah he he's, has this dance that we like to talk about where he kind of puts his arms out in front and yeah he's a big arm dancer yeah <laughs> So he was. Oh, here he we was, go. This is us talking shit about Drake. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Okay. Right. Let's, Drake, we're talking shit about you. Like, yeah. This segment's like, I should make like a little cringe, like, let's talk some shit about Drake <laughs> or our guest. Like, yeah, let's whatever talk guest some shit we're trying about to shame our to friends. Come on. Yeah. And like, and today we're talking shit about Drake. Oh, come on. He knows he dances like that, and it's it's, it's part of his charm. Uh, okay, so uh, I, I I was done with the crowd. So like getting into the crowd, we have uh, our opener, uh, who after much digging, who oh my I, god, I found her because I like I said to James, yeah, yeah, creepily, I'll, I'll find her. I can find anyone, and I did. No, she goes, I can find anyone in two minutes. And I'm like, that's a creepy statement. You shouldn't say that. But guess what happened? And she did. I found her in two minutes. Yeah, for the record, this. Uh, she is Aki, Aki, Aki. That's spelled A-K-K-I. Yeah, Australian DJ based in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, real quick though, pain in the ass to find her. Like, they what didn't the have hell? her as the Terminal opener five. on any listing. It Nothing. was ridiculous. And her name is like not... She didn't post it on the front of her uh, of her table. Like she said it twice, and right. the sound mixing wasn't good, so we couldn't She's hear like, what she I'm, was saying. She was like, "I'm Aki," and I was like, "Augie." Yeah. Augie, and you heard something completely. I heard like Anjou or something. He heard like, that. like maybe Anjou. maybe because I was assuming she could have been French, but right. So none of us heard it right. None of us could figure out. Um, who who this we, was? We were turning to people in the crowd. Like, no do you know who knew. that is? Do you have any idea? And everybody. Even the people that were clearly into her, which was a smattering, um, just didn't know who she was. So, but at the end of the day, you know, you can crap on Reddit all you want because it can be a very toxic place. But at the end of the day, how did Reddit, I find Reddit out who the, the opener was? Yeah, Reddit. That's how I found clutch. out. And I don't know how they found out. Maybe they knew her or something. They're cooler than we are. Uh, but all everybody they know are more relevant than, than everybody everyone we, we, know. we know. If you don't know that line. I'm sorry. Then why are you listening to us? Why are you listening <laughs> at all? Uh, so, Aki, uh, so what What? What can you tell me about her? Honestly, not too much. There's really nothing online about, like, uh, she's from Sydney and lives in Brooklyn now and does shows usually in Brooklyn. Um, what was funny is, we'll, uh, we'll get a little bit into this, but I, I think I turned and I specifically said, like, she'd do really well in, like, output. And then I looked, and like two weeks ago, she was at Output. So I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, she goes to spots like that. For those who don't know, Output's a, a Brooklyn club in Park Slope. Gowanus, would you say? Gowanus or Park Slope? It's like 14th Street. Um, and they do uh, all kinds of like Have lesser I been known to DJs. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. That was Analog. Oh, I'm sorry. Analog. I'm saying Output, aren't I? Output's, output's a different in one. Output's Bushwick. Yeah, Output's a totally different one. Analog. I meant to say Analog. I'm sorry, all. I'm kind of hungover. Analog. Analog's the one near us, but output would be a good one for her, too. So I'm not entirely wrong about that. Uh, so, yeah, um, she uh, she came out and, uh, of course, um, I. OK, so ag- ag- again, I was just I, I was a little bit high at this show. And so, like, you? my 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 goofy side comes out and. When she said who she was, like I that that old that cranky old uh woman comes out and maybe like, like who are you? Who? Who? 
I can't hear you. And then like, why don't you have your name on the table? You know what I'm saying? And I'm like saying this to my friend Drake and he does this thing where if he's like engaged in something because he was very much engaged because he had a huge crush on this DJ, which is basically what happens whenever Drake sees a a female DJ. Oh, (laughs) Uh, he 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 gently taught he gently put his hands on my shoulders and he turned. I (laughs) turned her around. It's hilarious. He turned me. Can you believe this shit? Like I was a child. <laughs> like just, just with the show, you know, just turn me. For I was like, Exc- oh, excuse. Homie's trying to dance. You distracted him. He took it. He took it into his own hands. See, so that's why I have to turn to James and say things because he has a, a marginally higher degree of tolerance of my <laughs> silliness. Um. So anyway, but I really do wish. I mean, listen, she had a tablecloth on on the table there was no reason why there couldn't have been something on there to tell us who the hell she was you know i just didn't understand it but anyway uh that's a minor point so um uh yeah so drake totally totally enamored with this dj and and then i'll tell you why actually he waited for her uh at the end of the show and i tried to tell him like actually you um have to wait by the stage door in like an hour and he's like i'm not doing that i'm uh-huh. like well then that's not love yeah then <laughs> <laughs> you should just let her go and find someone who would wait at the stage i think he said something like like all right this is just this is just about passion let's go did he say that, <laughs> he did say that. He's yeah like, this yeah. is just about passion we should See, go this is why you can't trust boys <laughs> uh you know it flames out um anyway uh so okay aki aki uh she okay let's just talk about my my very first my very first impression visually okay she's a an attractive woman and and that not that that's what should matter Mm -hmm. but but it helps helps. it always helps uh and uh stylish she had these like sort of uh cool glasses on that look sort of almost steampunky to me in a way i couldn't like uh part of me thought that too like she was going for a res thing but then i look closer i'm like are those just really big aviators i don't know i will tell you that that, uh, i'm looking online it doesn't look like something she always wears or, or anything like that. What what but. was what was funny about them is like this is a maybe a reference for uh, an older crowd, but uh, she had the the shades that flipped up like Dwayne Wayne. Oh, that's from right. a different world. I don't know if you know who Dwayne Wayne is. Yeah, yeah, no. He I was remember. like this nerdy character yeah. on the show Different World, which was an offshoot of the Cosby Show, yeah. and he would like flip his like sunglasses up and thought he was so. F- cool and it's the dorkiest thing. But now it's like normcore. What you know what I'm saying? Like, right making dorky stuff cool anyway uh this is a house dj but for this, sure 100 this, this was a house yep. dj uh which you know we were led into to a point in that because okay so we have our uh one of our uh fans from reddit aaron hello shout out am i saying his name right? i didn't look it up but anyway he's he's someone that pointed out an, an element to us that i think is you know worth looking at that we never did which is what is the venue playing before we start they were playing the kind of house music that you might hear at uniqlo if you mm. were shopping so i had a feeling i was like i saw the dj table i was like this is going to be some house music but it was like straight up four to the floor no nonsense hard boom 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 yeah. house that's what this was um so that's what she did uh my feeling about that was because I I like to see a nice pairing like Mm. a wine and cheese with an opener and a main act and I was like where 
how does this fit in with the Caravan Palace sound? I, I'm confused. I was like, this could be, this could be anyone. This could literally be any house DJ. Yeah. Um. Just somebody so I was like, why the did they? So, right. Not that she wasn't good, but I was like, how is this? I don't think Terminal Five puts a ton of thought into it because. Well, do they Terminal Five choose, or does the band choose, or does the manager choose? Okay, we're I gonna have to put that on our Twitter because we've asked this question before, yeah, and we're, I, we need to we need to know. I think it's a, a it depends. I think who I think sometimes bands opener? I think sometimes bands say I want to tour with these guys as my opener. Sometimes bands say I just want to come here and you can pick the pick opener. Someone. And I and I think this is a case of Terminal Five picking someone and or just, like just drawing something out of a hat because the other time that stands out to me like this and you were there for this and I think we brought it up during the show Empire. talked about it real quick Empire of the Sun when we saw them there three years ago yeah. or something guess who opened for Empire of the Sun yeah Grandmaster Flash like, great fit right yeah. no don't get me wrong don't I was me, thrilled it was sick thrilled yeah. to see Grandmaster Flash. But okay, and even though that was more tolerable to me because Grandmaster Flash is very much a showman. Fuck yeah, and a he's, legend. He's really he's a legend and he's very entertaining. I just I'm watching this house DJ and then I'm hearing like a few of these like jazzy 1930s clarinet samples or like old timey uh, Billie Holiday esque vocals uh, peppered into her her mix. But it was so little of that that mm. I was like I, I just couldn't understand this choice at all yeah, i'm actually surprised like, that they went with a dj at all instead of another band yeah and now i think i know why which i'll get to in a second yeah it's just it, it's basically like caravan palace is dancing and so they said all right djs dance make dance music so let's let's bring this one in right that was like, i was just it's like weird and i could see that she was like okay i'm gonna add i'm gonna add in some little like you know like type stuff yeah in there to uh to dovetail a bit with Caravan Palace, but I was like, I don't know that she normally does that. No. You know what I mean? I don't like think that so. might have just been like, well, I know I'm doing Caravan Palace, so I'm gonna need a little bit of that. Uh, but it was just so odd to me um, as to why. But then I was like, oh, maybe the reason they picked a DJ is, and this didn't bother you, but personally, I thought it was a bit impolite about how she's doing her set, and and you know, about two thirds of the way through, this guy comes on to like do sound check. Yeah, it's kind of weird. For the instruments, I'm like, she's performing. Yeah, like what she's doing her thing up there. It's not even like he was doing something for her. He was like, okay, setting up for the next one. Yeah. It was like getting ready Tuning for one date while you're still on a date with the person before the second right. date. Like It's like, and we know. And they still took 15 minutes between sets. Right. I was like, just take <laughs> extra time. Yeah. I was like, why don't you just take the extra time? I would rather that have a longer intermission than right. see a guy walking around stage testing instruments while this fuck how good could your mic check be anyway when that music is playing yeah, yeah I, that I was, was just weird. like this is right so i was like well maybe that's why they did it because you can pull that shit on a dj and mm. you can't pull that shit while another band some brand is new unknown dj i have no idea but i just was like i didn't dislike her but i was just like i don't understand this choice and i'm not sure that it was like the best choice as from the audience perspective i'm sure the the techie guys love it because they're like oh i can do my sound check in the middle of this the audience definitely did not think it was the right choice no okay so the audience was which is unfortunate i want to say i want to pause real quick and just say that i actually really liked her music and i think as a house dj she's good and i'd like to see her again but we have to basically just keep talking shit essentially because we're about to say some more or less negative things. But it's more from the crowd and it's more of just she was not the right fit from this. So you were saying I'm sorry before I cut you off. Uh, well, while I'm talking, could you reactivate that? Uh, 
Okay, so there's this DJ that I am looking for right now um, who I have seen before. I'm not sure if he's still active. Oh, here he is. Yes, there's this guy called the Vintage DJ. His name is Jonathan Jacobs. And you know what? I Actually, in the show notes, I want to link to him because I like him that much. This is a guy who specifically plays, like he plays a ton of swing, jazz, a lot... Elect, electro swing like he mixes the thing this is the kind of de- now he's not big mm. but this is the kind of guy that would have been if you were like i want to have a dj opening this would have been the guy like he even like has like the old uh, like a gramophone type thing that some oh, of his neat. sound comes out yeah. of yeah like this is a niche thing like what he spins is old music mm. but with a modern twist so you can still enjoy and dance to it and all that and i'm like that's that it was the kind of it would our friend like Drake maybe have liked something like that as much? Probably not. But the reality is, it would have been. It would have been a better fit. A better fit. Yeah. Jonathan Jacobs, the and vintage the, DJ. The crowd would awesome. probably been more into the it. The crowd yeah. absolutely would have responded far better to Jonathan Jacobs. He's such a. He's been. He's been doing this for like over a decade. Mm. Like I, I don't remember when I first saw him. I would say 10, 15 years ago. Uh, he's a total crowd pleaser. Like he is a party DJ. Um, usually he plays small houses, but I have no doubt that he he could have absolutely sure. like, uh, you know, knocked this one out. So I'm really surprised they didn't go with someone like that anyway. Well, I just don't think they put any thought into it. I think that's right. The they were just like, oh, this DJ, she's yeah. available. Which is unfortunate because yeah. again, I actually liked Aki as a DJ and I would uh, I I would see her in a different yeah and output her in analog then she'd be a lot better right but and even like a terminal five if they if there were another DJ like if she opened for fucking Borgor or something who I've seen there that would be that would have been a much better fit she would have gone over a lot better she comes up actually she walked out on stage there was a dude next to me that I specifically hear say like oh man I'm really gonna stand here with a DJ for the next 45 minutes you know this was not a crowd that came for a DJ right because that's the thing is like that it's not hell and my feel that's my feeling that's why I was like someone like Jonathan Jacobs would make sense because you know he's kind of interesting to watch and that sort of thing I can't say that she was terribly interesting to watch like she's the kind of person you want to lose yourself in the music and dance but there's no unless you are you know a heterosexual man or a lesbian and you just want to stare at her because she's pretty um, there's really nothing interesting going on up there so it's the kind of music that makes sense for a, a club environment environment where right. you're not staring at the DJ you're just lost in the music but because we are where we are and no one wants to lose their spot because they're there to see Caravan Palace like no one is really losing themselves to the music right. so it was just an honestly I'm sorry whoever booked Aki I'm sorry wrong you choice were wrong. yeah not, wrong not choice a good call for this good artist for the right exactly yeah. and you know okay so now I'm done saying everything that's oh actually one negative more negative thing I have to say which has nothing to do with her is that someone near me kept burping sausage and it was really gross oh that's right you did mention that I didn't smell it but that does sound gross yeah it was really disgusting so that was kind of ruining my vibe um anyway uh okay so but things that I liked about her like independent of what I have said about her as as a fit um you know, so she, you know, hard house, but but that was most of it. But I will say there was also uh, some sort of like, um, like piano driven house, um, various like circa two thousand four. Like it was like very Stonebridge. Do you know Stonebridge? Is? Yeah, I know. Maybe I don't care. Yeah. You. So it was like very that that sort of happy summary. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I appreciated her little bit that probably eighty percent of the crowd missed that. Uh, poison drum beat like yeah yeah that's a bell bib devoe song um 
For no, your classics. No, your classics. Anyway, there was a bit of that in there. Uh, so it was. She had some like interesting choices that I I really liked. Um, do you have anything more to say about her? No, because I, I. It's just a shame because like I I did I did enjoy her, but I had a hard time getting into it the way that I would have liked to because the crowd was clearly not into it. I am somebody that feeds off a good crowd. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it was hard to do. Like I. I tried to show that you know i'm enjoying this so i dance as much as i could but you know if everybody around you isn't moving isn't dancing at all and you're trying to move and then you end up just bumping into people and then you feel rude um so it was just disappointing like we were saying terminal five bad pick um i'd still like to see her again sometime though right but good I artist if you're her. into house music check her out let's so let's, let's say that uh james will be sending me a link to post on the show notes that uh, if you find anything about where her future dates would be, I would definitely see her in a yeah, more appropriate there's environment. Yeah, unfortunately, nothing up right now. So, uh, you know, this this is the kind of person, throw her into song kick and, you know, maybe something will pop up. Right. Okay. Uh, all right. So that sums her up. Uh, okay. So then, you know, we she wraps up and, uh, you know, there was some polite applause and then we had a very enthusiastic crowd at intermission you could tell people were very psyched to people who like caravan palace really really, really like, like caravan, caravan palace, palace. like yeah. they're very like they have a very devoted fan base mm. that know every song that know the lyric to every song uh that just somehow telepathically know which song is just just totally <laughs> no, pulling they out of the ether. Wait till I come. Wait till I get to that part. No, just knows no one telepathically what knows what song, song yeah, or knows be. what song is going to play after the first beat. I'll, I'll explain that trick to you in a minute. Uh, okay, so right now, underneath what I have playing is a song called Get Star Scouts, which I can't wait to talk about when we get to that. But uh, I felt like just that was the perfect one to open this up with. Okay. Caravan Palace. Go. Um, bit About of history on Caravan are. Palace. So here's something neat. The band formed, and this is right off the Wikipedia, the band formed as a three-piece when they were recruited to compose the fa- soundtrack to a silent adult film. Very Parisian of them. What's the point of an adult film if there's no noise? That's my favorite part. Um, well, you know, if you get sexy music in the background, I, I now that I know this, I need to find this film and watch it. It's got to happen. I need to know what Caravan Palace's soundtrack to a silent adult film is. So if anybody does know it, wait, if we post this on, on wait, Reddit, is it an I, original silent adult film from like the twenties and they put their music on? I have no idea. Like it just it day. just says soundtrack for a silent adult film. So if we post this on Reddit and anybody actually listens to this and knows the film. Give give me a link. I gotta know. I gotta know. This this is fascinating to me. Oh my god! Now I don't know which question to pose on Twitter. <laughs> we'll figure that out at the end. But anyway, as we've mentioned before, they are from Paris. Uh, they are an electro swing jazz band. Uh, for those who don't know, electro swing is sort of a modernization of the classic swing jazz dance music of the turn of the century, the twenties, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they they take. They take all that. Um, they come on with live brass mostly, and usually like one one actual like DJ with a DJ setup. Um, and they usually throw basically house music underneath classic twenties swing and jazz. That's the best way to put it. I don't know if you've got a better way to describe electro swing. It's a swing and good time. Sure is. We can say that. Uh. Okay. So this. Let me just give a little bit more on the band. I just I had to throw out that adult 
film thing. Uh, band members are Zoe Colotis, uh, who we'll talk about a little bit more as the front woman. Arnaud Vile and Hughes uh, Pyan were the originals. And then something neat is they sort of got together to make this soundtrack. They put their music on MySpace. And then through MySpace, they found other musicians to make the band. Because they basically were working with the guy that hired him to make the soundtrack. And they basically were just like, this this works. We can make a band out of this and have some fun and do something interesting. And then they just found a bunch of other musicians on through the internet, essentially. Do you happen to know a, a who's who? Because I can tell you that there was a, a guitar slash synth, a synth slash trombone, <laughs> a synth slash bass guy. It was like an elect a bass that had no body and a sax player. Do you know who's who? I would I would say oh Arnold, and another guy that dumped a uh, synth and doubled on the vibraphone. Yes, Arnold Vile is lo- is uh, listed as the guitarist, so we're gonna assume that. Okay. Uh, there, this guy Hughes Pyan played a violin, but I don't remember anybody breaking out a violin. No. Uh, Charles Delaporte would be the one with the bass. Okay, and for which was neat. Because it was a standing bass, double bass. I don't know. People call it all kinds of different things. It was an electronic one, too. It has no so, body. I've never seen that. So you don't see it. Well, because it was electronic, so it didn't really need one. So you don't see that all that much, which is neat. It's just a different yeah. way to play bass. Um, so, you know, exciting because they come out. They're they're making this dance music with a classic sound. Um, they have actual instruments up there. It's, you know, the excitement of live brass because... You know, let's be real. There's, it, it's, it's really great to hear live brass on stage. Do, do you know who synth slash trombone guy was slash? There's, there's two dudes that say baritone saxophone clarinet, and that's Camille Chapelier. Chapelier, I don't speak. French, oh, that blonde guy that played. Um, Victor Raimondo. Okay, I'm gonna guess two. the blonde guy who yes. was primarily uh, Barry Sax was Camille because he just looked like a Camille. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. And the other guy looked like he could be a Victor. Victor. Victor is synth trombone. I think he played Barry Sex at one point, but yes. mostly the synth. Uh, he also does a mean Charleston, and he can scat. And then um, other names, just because there's two others, Antoine Do- Tostu and Paul-Marie Barber- Barbier. I believe I'm going to guess Paul it. is the synth slash Percussion vibraphone. See, nice. I just know people. Like yeah. I can just tell like what your name is. <laughs> Not well. That was I, a good one. Yeah, I have I a pretty say. good... I have a pretty good... Uh, you know, instinct for that. Okay. So, uh, this band, um, again, how did I hear of them? Uh, well, I have always been interested in swing dance. I've been doing it since high school and I would go to parties where I could do that. I am not very good. That's okay. Um, and that's fine. And that's okay. And I, uh, I would go to these parties. Uh, specifically, the first time I remember hearing of Electro Swing was there's this party called Gemini. Well, they're like a uh, party producers called Gemini and Scorpio, and they're a duo. And they would have parties where they would play swing, but they were like, "We will also be playing Electro Swing." I'm like, "What is that?" And I go and um, and these parties are like very like. Uh, costume parties as mm-hmm. well like and people dress in like vintage clothing and all this it's really cool um basically they don't let you through the door if you if you're not dressed up if enough. you're not dressed up enough yeah uh which is fine because that's a space for that and uh so there's like this combination of like old swing and jazz and like combining uh uh electronic music and i think like the first song i ever heard was like by parav stellar uh and i was like who's also big in this scene i was like Oh my God, I really like, like two of my favorite things like mashed together, which is happening again next weekend mm. for Crystal Method. But anyway, um, two of my favorite things like swing and 
EDM, I was like, this is so good. Like, I love this a lot. So anyway, Prof Stellar is uh, an electricity artist, DJ. Um, I would say his stuff definitely veers more towards more towards that um, swing jazz vibe. This is more, I would argue, I would say uh, Caravan Palace, who I kind of found out through all this, was definitely more on the electronic side. For sure. With like smatterings of jazz and swing. That that was my my um, impression. Um, so that's how I heard of them. And I was going to ask James on mic, like, how did you hear of them? Because it just seems like not something that you would have heard of. Well, we found out, you found out from our friend Drake, and yeah. I have no idea how he knew about Drake them. Drake knew about them. Um, honestly, I, I don't re- remember exactly the show we were at, but him and I were, went to a show at the Mirage together, and he was like, just brought up this band, and it's like, oh, this band Caravan Palace is going to play at Terminal 5. Have you ever been there? Drake, by the way, is new to the city, so didn't hadn't heard of the venue yet. I'm like, yeah, I've been to Terminal 5 a bunch of times. I'll go to this band with right. you. And it was Caravan Palace. And then through hanging out with you at another point, we, we brought up that we were going to go to that. And you looked it up and you were like, I was like, like oh, I know this yeah. group. I was like, how am I not invited? Well, oh, you're invite, always invited. I invite you know? myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so that's, that's my history with the band. Yeah. But- yeah. That's that's our way of saying basically to all the anybody that listens to this that is a big fan of these guys. I don't. We don't know them like religiously or anything like no, that. No, I'm just kind of familiar with them from yeah. these dance parties. But uh, but I did give myself a a listen to uh, oh shit, I don't want to get this wrong. Robot Head, right? Robot it's, Head is the most recent one. It's yeah. it's not the most recent one. Oh, I thought no that that album came out. I want to say now I'm afraid to like get the dates wrong because some oh that's are really right because they just dropped that. a new one uh like a month and a half ago right so uh, my mistake so that's the 2015 one Robot Head right which which is a really good album and uh, I would argue probably their most um, well known album um anyway yeah no the most recent one that they uh, came out with um, let me just pull up huh. Discog yeah, is they the made Chronologic it to number three album on the US that's Instagram. a very new one. Uh, but yeah, I loved Robot Face. Face, okay. Yeah, I hate when I fucking get an album. I'm like, someone's gonna crucify me as a fan. I just know that it looks like a robot head, okay? Yeah. Robot face, and they had like robot face in the back, like as their sort of backdrop. It was really cool. It looked kind of 3D. Um, okay, so anyway, uh, they come out and uh, they have a great look. Like the lead singer, she's really cute. She had this like black leather mini dress with the mutton sleeves, which I know you don't know what those are, but um, that's what she was wearing. Oh, that's what those are called. And uh, like white sneakers, like very very cute. Um, yeah, I'll say that cute as a button. Really, just yeah. had like that energy around her. Yeah, she is very the entire en- time. You know, just just cute. <laughs> really she's know very engaged with the crowd. Yeah. She is a solid front woman. Um, a little bit understated, but now and then we'll just bust out with something silly. So it's nice. The fans love her. Um, she's very goofy. Uh, she did the Running Man and that silly Fortnite dance right. uh, at one point. She like will do little poses, you know, at the mic or on a stool. Um, and when she yeah, did, actually she did music. one pose on a stool, I was like, "I saw London, I saw France, <laughs> I saw Zoe's underpants." <laughs> Very exciting times. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't see her underpants. She's French. She doesn't care. I could no, because she <laughs> she doesn't wear underpants. Uh-huh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm kidding. I didn't see anything, but it was there were some close calls there. Very risque. Um, I, no, I wasn't like this at all. Yeah, <laughs> glaring up the entire time, <laughs> like like a ten year old boy. Uh, okay. So anyway, going through the set list, uh, they opened with um, comics. They opened with comics, which is a um. Yeah, that, that that that's a it's a it's a crowd pleaser. Um, it was fine. I was just kind of getting settled into that at that point, so I really uh, don't have much to say about that song because uh, I was just kind of getting into the groove of it. Um, comics is off of the Robot, Robot Face album. Right. Okay. Uh, how do I go back on this? Where's this back button? Here. Yeah. Do I press this? Yes. Nope. This one? Yes. Right. There you go. Okay. Good reading. And then um, Wonderland, which I opened this set <laughs> <laughs> So clearly like it enough. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't open. Did I? No, you opened with uh, Starscat. I did? Mm-hmm. What did we open the show with? Lone Digger. Lone Digger. Right. And then, okay, I don't know. You know what? I'm making a, a call right now. I opened I opened this with Wonderland. That's what I did. You're changing. I am? You, okay. No. Starscat, you're right. You're right. I did. I did. I did. Damn it. God. Ugh. All right. I did open with Starscat. Okay, well, then, then Wonderland's playing right now. There we go. That's that's what we're, we were getting at. Wonderland is playing right now. And that's a that's a pretty well known song. It's mm. it's a, again one of those uh, crowd favorites. Uh, again, off of Robot Face. Um, this is a song that you you know. Uh, did you recognize it? I definitely. Yeah, did. for sure. That would be that's it's the kind of song that, that you on. think I'm like oh, oh okay I do. You've know heard this it one. in a store yeah. or a commercial or something like it's you know. You may not have known who it was, but there's a good chance you've heard this one. It's fun. It's fun. Um, and then we had um, Plume and uh, Midnight and then Miracle. Do you have anything to say about any of those songs? Um, nothing in particular. Those That is, though, when I started to notice that uh, the, the timing thing that I mentioned before with the lights, they would have like little moments within the songs. Um, and they did this throughout the night. But if there was ever a moment in this uh, uh, in a song where it was like a, a single beat that stood out, um, or you know somebody got to step forward and like play their play the piano for a couple bars or anything like that, they would set the lights to to flash for that beat maybe, or they would come down with a uh, uh, a, a spotlight on who's ever playing, and they'd sort of switch back and forth. If there's sort of like a uh, a music battle, if you will, going on, if you if you get what I mean. Um, where it's like one guy is playing the piano, the other guy's like playing the saxophone, and they're sort of going back and forth, something like that. That's when I really started to notice in that sort of stretch that they were playing with those lights really, really well. Um, and it's the first time I've really saw, seen Terminal 5 pull out something that precise with it. Uh, and so I was impressed by that. And I, I hope that not just the band, and that's something that Terminal 5 sort of keeps doing in the future, because it was quite good. 
I do have something to say. Um, actually, uh, I'm going to amend my statement. I just didn't realize that this is when it happened. Here's the thing is like sometimes I'll get so enamored with what's going on on stage. I sort of lose track of what song we're on, especially if I don't really know the songs by heart. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like lost in a moment where we are on the set list because I'm so engaged. And this makes sense because and I'm, I'm going to amend also what I said before about um, the Barry sax player being uh, Camille Chapelier because that shows as a past member. So uh, um, l- more likely uh, the person that we saw who is listed as a current member would be Victor Raymondo. Um, so this is when they really brought this guy out and featured him. And honestly, um, just one of the most enthusiastic and fun to watch Barry sax players I have ever seen in my life. He is so... Uh, not only, and he was mic'd well, I, I have to say, which is encouraging for me because oftentimes it seems like um, in favor of the synths and uh, the guitar that uh, when you're including uh, live instruments that they almost get overlooked in their miking. I actually noticed that in a show that we saw, Black Joe Lewis, which is, I think, episode uh, two or three. Mm. Go back and listen to that one. Um and that was not the case at all. He was very well mic'd. I heard him very well. And he's a very physical player. Like mm. he can somehow manage to dance and play at the same time. I actually have a really, really dope photo of him that I took just with a simple iPhone that is on our Instagram at High Decibels Pod. I highly recommend you check it because it sort of summarizes uh, how amazing this guy was. Yeah, he was probably, he Heavily was featured too. Yeah. So. He was one of my favorite, favorite parts. Um, so anyway, uh, that was, um, he was first really brought out in the song plume and in, in terms of, uh, bringing him front and center. So really, really talented guy. Also, he had a, um, a polka dot shirt on, which matched my dress. And I kept trying to get him to look at me like, look, we match, but <laughs> look at me. Can we be friends? Now? He didn't. Yeah. Or more, but anyway, so moving on, we had a Black Betty. That's a fun Hell song. Yeah. I like That's that song. A, I'm a sucker for a cover, especially if it's taking a song and, you know. That's uh, a Lead Belly cover, by yes. the way. Uh, yeah, if you guys don't know that Black Betty, anybody that plays Black Betty is playing a cover, uh, why are you listening to us? Um, that's uh, something that I enjoy is when a band covers a song in, in a new style such as I this. love that. That's something I always really, really, I am an absolute sucker for. Uh, they did it, and they did it very, very well. Tons of fun. You would um, like then, like, there's a band that they're not really popular anymore, but I think they were more popular in the 70s, 80s called Asleep at the Wheel. Have you mm, ever heard of them? No, I don't think They're so. like this country band, but they, like, do covers of swing songs. That's kind of fun. they do them really fucking cool because yeah. it's swing, but there's also just a little bit of country. Some but, country in there. But, like, cla- more like a classic sound. Mm. I think you would really like them. If you like if you like covers of old jazz songs. <laughs> do, boy, do I got a band for you. Boy, do I have a band for you. <laughs> Asleep at the Wheel. Uh, anyway, yeah, this was a really, uh, I, I, I enjoyed that cover a lot um yeah that's up there i i'm like i said i'm a sucker for covers sometimes they always stand out to me this one this one's one that i think will stand out for a while absolutely now okay the next okay now i'm a little bit confused i'm looking at the set list and unfortunately i don't know the music quite well enough to determine which it was i'm gonna say there were two songs after black betty one of which was jolie coquine and one of which was Aftermath. Mm-hmm. And one of these songs was kind of balladish. And I'm thinking it was Aftermath. I think so. Because the next one, April, stood out to okay, me quite a bit. After, and I, and so, I recall the one beforehand. Because like, Black, Black Betty and Jolie Cook. Keen, if I'm saying yeah, that right, I think that. they kind of mixed those together. But then there was definitely 
this chill moment um, after Black Betty. I'm pretty sure it was the song Aftermath. Please forgive me if I am big fans of this band, if I am saying this wrong. Anyway, this song featured the guy who was on the vibes. And yeah, I really, yeah, I cool. really dug him. Mm. Oh, that was beautiful. Mm. You just don't see that a lot. Yeah, it was beautiful. You know, sometimes, uh, and this happens where I'm like, what didn't I say this recently? There was someone that we saw that I was like, I'm not really a fan of their ballads. Um, who was that? It wasn't Bastille. It was. Do you remember when I said that? I was like, I didn't really feel that because I don't really like their ballad. The bullet. No, I don't really remember. I don't recall hmm. the specific one. What was the last concert that I went to? Maybe it was Pond. I don't They're, know. They didn't do ballads. There wasn't a single ballad. I don't know. Well, anyway, sometimes ballad. I'm just like, you know what? Just keep it hype. But this was actually a really good moment. And again, um, they're very good at stylization. And so when Zoe's on stage, you know, she is. She's like very conscious of how she looks. And, uh, you know, she has these little poses and little movements and that kind of thing that she does. So it's not just like an auditory experience. Mm. It's very much a visual experience. Um in terms of not just the lights, but in terms of what the people are doing. These are not just like cardboard cutouts, just playing their instruments on stage, showing, you know, a marginal amount of enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. Again, um, they're, they're really quite conscious of, or at least she is, uh, mainly, um, of how she, she looks to the audience. And I like that, especially when it's a front person, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? There's a lot Um, of effort put into their shows. It has to be said. Um, Uh I, and I think that's like naturally, to them it yeah. doesn't it doesn't seem forced yeah. or anything the dancing everything it's yeah. just natural to the type of music they make anyway Super. so yeah get up there and dance and, and get the crowd into yeah it. so su- su- uh, uh, chill moment and uh super good vibes on that no pun intended uh made me feel real good then there was april you want to talk about april that's one that stood out to me i really like that one quite a bit um that's that's more of a upbeat dancier one uh definitely a crowd favorite right about halfway through the set so you know that was that was quite a treat um, that's also around the time where... How did you know I was going to say that? Because I, I kind of noticed it was going on. How did you know I was going to say that? I literally have that as the next thing I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, I kind of noticed it was going on too. That's and so then funny you that said you something noticed to me about it, it How, you, later on. I gotta, uh, I, James, do I'll we let sh- you tell the story. Do but. we share like one-eighth of a brain? Like <laughs> I only have one-eighth of a brain. There's so. like definitely parts of your brain I don't share in because <laughs> I don't tweet about the Yankees on a music podcast. But Let's like, go. But... I it's really weird though this is a we weird notice? this no. is a weird thing that happens that will like notice a thing at the same time or like make a and similar and then one of us will lean to the other and, and say, say something and say the thing yeah. that the other person is thinking like yeah. at Pond where it's like you're like this could be a song off the Rapture yeah. album. So this happened again, and here's what happened. Okay, so there was this guy next to me, and, and I'm going to preface this by saying I probably wouldn't have annoyed me as much if his left elbow hadn't been sticking out so much so that the he could time, film yeah. like 50% of this show in my face. So I'm already annoyed with him. But uh, so he's doing this thing. And listen, I I uh, am very open about the fact that uh, if I'm not familiar with every single song a band has done, which I listen to so many bands, that's usually the case because mm-hmm. I just can't uh, be that invested in every single band I go to see. I check a set list from a prior um, a prior uh, show, uh, show uh, in order to just sort of kind of know where I am in my place and what songs are what so that I can identify them later uh, when we do this episode. And and full disclosure, actually, the set list for this show is technically not on the site that um, 
we like to use is the Setlist FM. We're actually using one from Boston um, prior show, but I am like 95% sure that yeah. this Setlist is the Setlist that we saw. Yeah, it's Anyway, so this guy, oh my God, was so he's standing next to this attractive woman that he does not know, and she's a huge fan, and you can tell. And he's doing this thing where like, he's like, oh, I wonder what song they're going to play next. He's like, oh, I bet you it's going to be such and such. And at first I was like, good guess. Yeah. Then he kept doing it over and over. And I'm like, look at his phone. I'm like, you're looking at a prior set. Yeah. Like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Like acting like you're like telepathically, you're psychically able to predict which or, or what will happen. They would play like, cause I think at a certain point it's like, he would figure anyone would be on to him. So they would, then the next trick was, um, yeah, they, the, play, the, like, they play like two notes, which was like, you to be able to identify a song like that that soon especially like some of these songs i knew i'm like no way and be like oh it's such and such and he makes sure the girl that he was trying to impress would hear mm. and i was like this okay i'm all for impressing someone that you have a, a crush on at a concert but i was like this is disingenuous do you know what i'm saying yeah like, I, and, and and there was this part of me this just like petty part of me that just wanted to like shout it at her before he had a chance to be like oh it's Mutai. you know what i'm saying yeah, just yeah. like cock block i mean cut him off headed off at the pass and I wrote that to James but I was like I'm not gonna unless that elbow gets in my face one more time yeah. and then that's gonna happen you know what I'm saying but I was like oh it was so annoying it's just like just be transparent about what you're doing like you're clearly checking the set list for sure like, as just trying to use it as a way to impress some random girl right but in a way that's I not, hope she didn't fall for it <laughs> in a way that's honestly I did not get the sense that he was her type anyway because she was not like you can tell like girls will like lean in and all of that she was just like happy to be next to another super fan i.e. a guy who knows where to find a, a prior set list yeah, right, and then right. pretend that he knows ever. so you know what I, I fucking hope that guy is listening be like because you know what guy and row to dead center with your elbows you left <laughs> elbow sticking out literally filming the entire time my height five five uh i believe asian glasses floppy hair i saw you <laughs> i saw you C-tip. and i saw what you were doing <laughs> to the cute little brunette to your right and i don't like it <laughs> and if i see you again at a show i'm gonna i am gonna cock block you and call it out good for you just take a stand Take a stand, I was Marley, an- huh? I was annoyed. I was so annoyed. Like this like fake, like, oh, I know I'm going off at it. I was just like, oh, I know what the song is. I'm like, no, you fucking Yeah, you it. don't have a clue. Yeah. And the other thing is like, he wasn't even singing along super hard the entire time. So I don't Eggs. even think he was she a was. massive fan. Yeah. She was. He was doing the trick that I've done in the past to look like I know a song better where I'm just kind of like mumbling along to it, even though I don't actually know the words. I never knew that about you. Everybody does it. <laughs> I don't. Wow. I don't anymore. That's an old move. That's an old move, James. Huh. Now I'm a professional, so I don't I don't care. Yes, if you don't know it, you don't know it. It's okay. Listen, the reality is too is I don't feel bad about it because you and I see so many concerts. How many bands can we possibly know? All of them, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like where would we even find the time? So I don't feel bad about that. Um anyway, moving on from that schmo. Uh Okay, so then I'm going to get a little bit nitpicky here. Uh, I believe this was on Moonshine or thereabouts. May have been Supersonics. I can't tell you exactly, but there was something that kind of like just needled me just a little bit. Um, James and I talked about this uh, in a prior episode again. We just have these sort of like 
certain elements of shows that we notice. And one thing that we notice sometimes is that someone who does not, an uh, an artist, usually it's the vocalist, does not play a, a particular instrument, will like take on that instrument to kind of like up the cool factor. Yeah. And so she was given like the mallets from a, a stage talk and then she went back to the vibes to like pound out a few notes and I was like, we didn't really need that. Yeah, I don't think I it was couldn't really even necessary. hear it. I think I think it was more of like just give her something to do. Yeah, but it I didn't was bother just like, me all that much this time. Really? Yeah, because I felt like time. it was like what's her name with the guitar, just wearing it to look. Cool yeah, don't get me wrong. A lot of notes. a lot of people do that, but th- th- she wasn't up there the whole time. Right, she kept guitar. it short. But yeah, I was like doing like three chords the entire show. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's when it bothers me. I when, may have just been in a bad mood because of that guy yeah. and being nitpicky. I guess it wasn't really a big deal. But yeah, anyway, that so that's me. a thing that that Zoe does. Sometimes she'll knock out a few notes on the vibraphone playing with the. Two she mallets, the stats not four. At one point too. Now that was not phony. That yeah. was like for real. That yeah. was legit. There was a point where. What uh, song was that? That was later on, right? I did not make a note of it. Mm. Uh, I did not make a note of it. Um, but yeah, there was a point where also she uh, busted out the Barry sax, and that was her really playing for, for sure. real. Speaking of that. Just a, another note, too, is that I, I really wish, and I know that this increases the, the tour budget, but I think it would have been worth it. I wish there was more live instrumentation. I noticed how much of it was piped in mm. and uh, pre-recorded tracks with uh, clarinet, mm. uh, alto sax specifically. I think those were the two I noticed the most, maybe trumpet. But I was like, you know what? It really wouldn't have hurt to have just like a couple extra people, even if you just hired some locals that were like session musicians yeah, to play those parts band. instead of instead of um, uh, well, you know goes, samples. I, that I, goes into the DJ side of it all. You know what I mean? I would have preferred to hear it live because that's to me that's the whole point of a band like this that's mixing in jazz swing and electro is that the parts that are jazz and swing I actually get to hear them mm, played enough. by live instruments and again I know that that means there's more people to pay but um, I don't know girl wear a pleather dress instead of a leather dress <laughs> save some money and uh, hire a couple of extra musicians I I think it would have been worth it I would have liked to have seen it Um and uh, yeah, so and also too, I noticed that um, in a way it was good because like, again the vocal mix wasn't amazing, so they had to have some um, uh, backing vocal tracks sure. that were clearly of her to fill in. But also, it seemed like there were times where she was having a bit of a hard time vocally, like coughing or drying up or something. Yeah, like that. you could so tell her her mouth is getting dry. Like something, you could definitely tell that. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, you know don't don't really know where that comes from, but she was having a lot of moments where she'd have to step back and. You know, she was sort of letting the crowd sing a handful of songs, and I'm like, "That's because you, your voice is dry right now, isn't it?" Like, yeah, 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 yeah totally. So then we got into uh, a couple more songs that, uh, you know, I th- again, I, I don't remember exactly um, when the vibes thing happened, when the berry sex happened, but somewhere in between. Let's see, we had moonshine, supersonics. Uh, Lena, which I knew because the guy next to me called it after hearing the first note. Mm. I totally want to head off that song ID at the past. That's when it was really starting to annoy me. Interception. That word still hurts. Hashtag Bill's Mafia. Mm. This is not a sports podcast. Anyway, uh, then we get to uh, Lone Digger, which uh, we played at the top of this episode. That's always a crowd favorite. Yeah, that's definitely one that stands out anywhere mm-hmm. you go, for sure. Um, I feel like that's that's one of those ones where... Uh, if you're trying to like introduce somebody to like a different form, uh, like a different genre that they might not know about, that that's when you throw on it. Like, here, check out Electro Swing. You might kind of like it. 
here's Lone Leader. Agreed. Yeah, it's a very good um, example of what this genre is. Um, there is one other song that I think might be that's later in the set that might be the best example but Lone Digger is a good example of it and when I was seeing earlier that there's uh, this band seems to lean towards the electro side more than the swing slash jazz side this is a song that I think is a better balance of the mix of those two like it is it is not heavier on one side or the other Um, and that is a song that people like to do a lot of singing along to um, so there was a lot of crowd participation there. That was really fun. Um, oh, then they did Melancholia, which was also a ballad. This was not my favorite. Their first ballad, which was, I believe, was Aftermath. I really hope I'm not saying that wrong. Um, anyway, that ballad that I was talking about that came after Black Betty, I enjoyed that one a lot more. This ballad was fine, but it mm. really was kind of like, you know, a weaker point in the set for me. Yeah, that one didn't, especially after Lone Digger. Right, yeah. exactly. That was, one didn't didn't feel like it, it fit great. I, I could have gone without it because then they went into uh, Rocket for me. That was really fun. That was yeah, right. That was when they had. Was that like, the one where she goes? Now is the time for the jumping. Now is was, the time for the again, jumping. Cute as a button. I swear to God, I don't know. I it uh, anytime like somebody where English isn't their first language and they throw in the little articles. Cause I've been trying to learn Italian for a while and it just cracks me up. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's probably what I sound like an Italian, you know like what I mean? Like adorable. You yeah. think? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Cute as a button. <laughs> now is the time for the jumping. Now is the time for the jumping. And yeah. And, and the part that, that really struck me, this was really fun. So the guy that um, was kind of towards the back that um, doubles on trombone. We're going to say his name is Antoine. Um, he really looks like an Antoine. Um, he came up and did some dancing, and it's so funny because this guy is like what six four. He's got he those like tall, he's dude. got those long. He's got that Gumby body. Mm-hmm. He's got these long legs. I just love seeing tall guys like like rock it out like that, right? Right. Or rock it for me uh, uh. because uh, you expect them to be really gangly and uncoordinated. And this guy was such a good dancer. He was, yeah. She yeah. would do a little bit of dancing and then he would do a little bit of dancing. And then they like dance together. Yeah, they and, did. Like, they Charles, went full on and, swing like, a Lindy and Charleston. Yep, yep. Oh my God, that was really fun. And they were good. The dancing was yeah. really fun. I wish they'd been able, I understand it's exhausting and, but God, I wish there'd just been like a little bit more of that. That was so fun. I yeah, really, really, Yeah, it's a little really tough really with that, that sometimes. Like the only handful of artists can really pull that off. Like Lindsey Sterling could, really get up there and dance and play the whole time. Uh, that's always a nice touch if you're able to include that in right. your set, though. And then here's another moment where, which kind of showcases their, um, you know, their whole timing thing that they that they always did really well and in incorporating it into the show. Uh, at the end of when they were dancing, I don't know if you caught this too, but when they were dancing um, and she was about to start singing again, she didn't have a mic the entire time while she was dancing. And then the guy that was in the back on the keys and the xylophone ran past with a mic and gave it to her at the exact moment. You know what I mean? Like in the song, handed it to her. Did you I catch didn't, that? No. Ran past her, handed it to her at the exact moment. So it was just like this cute, like fun little. Here you go. Now you sing again. Sort of. Well, right that, at the that, end there. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and a it was cartoon like, or something. Yeah, it was like perfectly timed with a beat in the song too. You know what I mean? So they, they clearly practice that stuff, and they yeah. know that it's like a fun little thing to include in their show. So it was. It was like watching an old. 1930s yeah, like 1930s cartoon 30s little, or something. Yeah, thing thing before a movie. Somebody touch my spaghetti. <laughs> anyway, after that, uh, there was um, they closed out the official set list with um, 
mighty. Uh, this song was like street. This song really was, to, in my view, straight up EDM. There really right. wasn't um, that jazzy element to it. Uh, and this, at this point, she did it one time before, but this time she got even more so, like really up close to the crowd. Right. I thought she was going to get in the crowd. Me too. With that dress, I can understand why you wouldn't. Um, anyway, so she's doing this thing where she's like doing these arm motions. And it's funny because like it was like copy my arm motions and it was like this is like basically like jazzercise yes it really was and then i remember like there was a time where like james and i had some sort of bet and i was like if you lose this bet you've got to come to like my aerobics class at the y with me he's like never but guess (laughs) who was doing jazzercise (laughs) behind me guess who was it takes a a cute parisian to finally get me to do it apparently Who's to say that a cute Parisian doesn't lead my, <laughs> you find my one. jazzercise find class? One. There you go. Uh, See my ass up there in spandex and leg warmers. Oh, my God. But it was so funny because she's like arms to the left, arms to the right. And then like the reach across. Like, my mom used to be an aerobics instructor. And I remember all these moves, like the reaching across with yeah. the arms and all of this. And I'm looking and I was like, it was one of those moments. Again, I was very much into it because she was so close to me. But I was like in retrospect and I didn't think of it until the last moment was too late. I was like, oh, God, I want to get a video of James doing jazzercise, jazzercise and put it on Instagram because you'll never see him do that ever, ever again. Um, so funny. But yeah, it was just like a fun little thing for her to do uh, with the crowd. Um Never thought I'd see you do jazzercise. Okay, so then we had the encore, which came about, I don't know, two, three minutes. We didn't have to wait that yeah, long. Yeah, they, they didn't wait that long. Uh, okay, so again, I had opened our uh, discussion uh, on Caravan Palace with the song, but I want to play it again underneath because it's so fun. The song's called Star Scat. I have heard auto-tune before. Uh, a little bit of share, maybe some TI. And I've heard scatting before, like some mini pearl. Scatman. Never ever have I heard <laughs> auto tuned scat. Yeah, I'm going to pause for a second here because I'm going to have the music playing. I want you to hear what auto tuned scatting sounds like. Yes. Okay. So. I really this this was this came courtesy of that guy in the back Antoine, who, who was right. Yeah. The synth slash trombone player. He was the scatter, and I was like, we need to bring back scatting. Period. <laughs> Especially since it was auto tuned. It, it's it was just such a fun. Yeah. Oh my god. It's just ridiculous and silly. So silly. There's no other way around it. It was silly, but it was silly fun, and the whole crowd loved it. He was up there having a blast during it. Honestly, was, if yeah. autotune had existed in the 1930s, I'm 100% sure that Disney would have had like done it. some little short cartoon, you know. Yeah. What do they used to call those like silly shorts or something yeah. like that? Do they have these Melly melodies. Merry melodies. Yeah, it would just be like a short little thing before like the full length cartoon that's just like a song or what. Just like some cartoon characters just dancing, playing. My God, I wish that someone would animate this band. No, but seriously, like an animator. Music video idea. And did like did like a two minute thing of them doing one of their songs and make them look like these like like little 1930s like. I bet you they they like that. Could you, you ma- see like a, a lot of the stuff they post is sort of like along those lines, where it's these like 1930s robots kind of thing. Like uh, seriously, if there was a fan dancing. that was an animator and could like animate them playing one of their songs and moving like those 1930s characters, you know how they do like the funny yes, thing, they yeah, like yeah. bob up and down and stuff. I would love to see that. Yeah, 
that would be really cute um anyway that was a really fun little song and then okay so to me this is um this is my favorite one i was gonna say that too wait for for star scat or well oh hmm Starscat was my favorite moment. Okay, best song though. But my favorite song is Tattoos. We're we're in agreement there for sure. That's weird. Yeah. No. But why? It's I'm, like the I'm, best song. I'm <laughs> just so used to this happening. Well, because you could have said Wonderland. Fair enough. You could have no, said Tattoos. Lone Lone Digger. Tattoos uh, is is a song I would say that is like the best example of a an electro swing song from a Caravan Palace that has a, a very good balance of again EDM. And uh, swing, and she's just the cutest vocals on this. Yeah, it's so adorable. Like with that sort of like um, gramophone sound to it, mm. where it's sort of muted. You know, um, I adore this song, and the crowd really got into it too. Yeah, yeah, no, that that was their best one, without a doubt, best song of the night. That was yeah, that was that was my favorite, and then we uh, closed out with Brother Swing. That was the final song. Mm. And again, another popular one of theirs. But I, listen, for me, it really was Tattoos. That, that was the one that really uh, struck me. But Brother Swing is a good song. And again, we had a, a real nice feature of, uh, of our sax player here. Again, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a guess that that was uh, Victor Remondo. Yes, he, that I was believe so. That was fun. Um, and so that was the show. Um Anything else that we should add about the show? Um, no, but I would say if this is if this appeals to you at all, you should check out Caravan Palace. And if uh, if you like uh, if you like dance music, if you like vintage music, if you just are interested in good musician musicianship and a fun show, check out Caravan Palace. Let's let's put it that way. And if uh, you like to dance to this kind of thing. I would recommend, I mean, listen, they are really fun to watch. Mm, yeah, it's a tough call because I was going to say stand towards the back so that you can actually dance. Um, maybe go to the upper level because the thing is, is if you are in the front, you're not going to really yeah, be able to get your dance move, on. Um, sure. But there's, they are. They're really fun to watch. So it's it's a tough call because they are very stylized and that sort of thing, like I've said 10 times already. Um it's really up to you, you know. Um, if you can figure out a way where you have space to dance and you can have a good view, so I guess that would maybe maybe balcony, that would be a good call. So, uh, yeah, highly recommend this for uh, EDM fans um, and swing dancers as well, people who like the the swing jazz thing. Yep. And we'll have um, links in the show notes to uh, future shows that they're playing. I believe they just played Philly. Uh, last night mm-hmm. and uh, making their way up to Canada, uh, okay. you know, hitting the Midwest, mm-hmm. hitting the West Coast all within the next month or so. Uh, Going to be in the South at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, opportunities for people to see them out here in the U.S. Then they then they go to Europe. So, yeah, now's your chance. They're a really good time. Yes, OK, absolutely. Um, so uh, if you like this, follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Look for us on Reddit at high decibels pod uh give us a rate and review on uh, soundcloud or apple pod or um spotify anywhere you might listen to us uh we'd love to hear from the crowd and and see if there's anybody out there that might have some feedback or advice um we're going to close this out with the song tattoos 
Yeah, that's our favorite. That's the, that's the best one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of High Decibels Podcast. Thank you, and we will talk to you later. Oh, uh, and on our Twitter, the question we want to ask, what are we going to go with? Should we go with asking how the fuck openers are found? Or yeah, how do people... Uh, y- yeah, let's do that. Let's say... Um, we want to know how exactly if anyone has any insight as to how openers are uh, paired up with a um, um, headliner and um, I don't know if we're feeling frisky maybe we'll ask if anyone knows uh, where we can find that silent adult film that they did a soundtrack I'm going to put okay. this on okay. catch you next time <laughs> <laughs> oh!